You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Don't touch that dial. It's the Dogman Radio Hour on Houndsman XP. Your host, Ed Barnes and Tanner Now a word from our sponsors at your favorite beverage company. Yes, beverages are always refreshing and good for you too. So remember to stop and enjoy a nice cold beverage from your favorite beverage company. And now, let's catch up to the boys and hear their latest adventure on the dog. Well, welcome back, Dogman Podcast. Myself, Tanner Her. I'm here with Ed Barnes and Cody Fox. We uh, we're happy to have you, Cody. We had her over. We went hunting last night. It didn't start off very good. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it started off good. We we got on pigs. We had split bays and this stuff. It started but, off too good. Yeah, it finally <laughs> we it finally all come together. And we caught a pig and we was all happy. But <laughs> they. Uh, but no, um, that's how we try to do it. We're trying to, you know, go on a hunt, you know, get some camaraderie and just kind of learn from each other. And then we do the podcast. Uh, I mean, what what did you think about Oklahoma? I really like it. I like the, the way the terrain was flat on top and then it was just straight down on the sides. It was, it was kind of really, I was telling Ed about it. That it felt like it was the like my flatlands on the top of y'all's ridges, and then it was like my mountains on the sides. Yeah, and that's another thing. It was so thick last night, and I was telling you that's because that a tornado went through there like four or five years ago, and it's just a jungle. But it uh it changed things. You know, it it's harder to get get one caught, I guess. Yeah. For bulldogs, when it's when it's time. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's lots of situations, and like whenever. I come in behind loggers and stuff. It's nightmarish like that where the trees are all cut down and everything's growed up. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. We put, uh, we started out, we kind of set ourselves up for disaster last night. We put Cody's uh, rig dog on the hood. Then me and Tanner casted two dogs. And then we put a dog on the ground that roads. So <laughs> we had all the flavors. We had it all <laughs> taken care of, but. Cody's dog struck off the hood super fast, and we unsnapped him. And then we drove around to the dogs that had cast. And then by the time we got over there, Cody's hound was was bayed off in a holler. And we sat around for a little bit. And then me and Cody went to go to her dog. And as soon as we did that, as soon as we left, Tanner and Cody Jenkins, those dogs bayed a hog. And we were split up and... We stayed split up for quite a while, and it took us a while to get everything kind of back under wraps. But we did we did end up with a pretty decent boar hog last night. Yeah, I really, like, I was looking at the levels of elevation, and I tried to pick, like, the best way. And I'm pretty sure it was the worst way. Yeah, we when, we, when me and Cody Fox went to her dog, 
she was looking at Topo and she's like, well, we could drive around here and get a little bit closer or we could go this way. It's a little bit further, but there's not that much drop in elevation. But once we started going down the side of this hill, it was uh, like Tanner said, it, the tornado had come through there and it was just like big timber just piled on top of boulders. And yeah, it was pretty sketchy. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. I was I, the way that I come back out of there was so much better. It was steep, but it, like it wasn't I wasn't climbing over stuff and rocks and whatnot. It was much better. Yeah, you could break your leg in that timber, that fallen timber pretty easy. Yeah, you can like, um, you know, think you have steady limb and just step on it and fall down and twist your leg and you can snap it. Yeah, I mean, me and my Cody, I guess I should say, was <laughs> <laughs> we was uh, we was just listening to them bay and we was trying to figure out what we was going to do because I was trying to call Ed. Of course, he don't have to answer his phone, but <laughs> I uh, we was bayed and I was like, I was like, well, I think they're in the bottom. I said they're not coming out for another two hours. I said we see if we catch it and we had a hard time. Bulldog didn't get caught, but we end up meeting down in the bottom and coming out and we had a dog what was he a mile from the truck one way and mine were a mile the other way yeah and uh it was the day, it's the day before muzzler season which i never try to hunt <laughs> <laughs> just because that's when the the army comes out right you don't want to have something missing or something like that but right we it, we got them all caught and it was all good but i uh I'm really happy to tell you all that Ed and Cody have a challenge that they're going to do. Or not really a challenge. They're going to do some testing. I'm I'm not really going to do this, I don't think. <laughs> no, I think you are. <laughs> yeah, it was meant for you and I. But we can get Ed involved. But it's kind of not fair since he's already had it before. The first one to eat a full pickled pig's foot wins $5. Five? five that's it? $5? I mean, we're just getting started with this podcast stuff. It hasn't. We haven't got to big money I yet. think. No. I think. I should get your open dog if I eat that whole thing. Oh, if she eats the whole Pig pig's foot, foot she I get gets your open sissy. Dog. <laughs> That's more than $5. <laughs> did, did you run sissy last night? We were trying to remember mm-hmm. this morning. You did? Yeah. She's, her and Iggy are the ones that dropped off on the Spring Creek side. Because before we went, Cody Fox runs open hounds. And she before we went hunting, she was asking me, she's like, how's Tanner you know, I'm going to feel about open hounds. I was like, well, he's not going to like it. I said, but, I was like, he won't be mean or anything, but, like, if he starts joking with you, you just say that you heard he's got a pretty good open dog named Sissy. It's and a babble. It's, it's a babble. <laughs> barking on tracks, barking on track. She's, you open. But I will say, last night I told Ed, after we caught a pig with Cody's open hound. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, burned maybe, him up. You should have maybe seen Maybe it was only Ed's hounds that sucked. <laughs> oh, no. That's not nice. No. So. Okay. Eat a pickle pig's foot, Tanner. Yeah, you go first. We're talking about your shitty hounds. <laughs> no, we're talking about we're talking about pig's feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, cut me a piece off. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not. Just grab a piece and chew on it. They're already it kind of like, looks like a squid. Like it's a red squid. I'll let you try it first. I was telling them I haven't. I've eaten pig's feet, pickled pig's feet before, but I was a kid and I remember it really good. But uh, when I opened the jar, it didn't seem to line up with my memories of pickled pig's I've feet. I've seen well, that I'm, as a kid, and I've always thought it was gross. So I'm maybe. sure they're just flying off the shelf. <laughs> 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 well, if it makes you feel any better, on that piece Ed just grabbed, there is pickled hair that, <gasps> is, that is red on it. 
Let me see. There, there, yeah, there is. Ew. They didn't get that one totally scalded. What's the white stuff? That's bone. Oh, that. Do you eat the bone? Is it no, soft? No. This okay. bone's not soft. Get to eating, Tanner. Don't touch it. You're the guest. Oh it's no. It's uh, very. Ew. It's very uh. Pickly. Vinegar, but. I'm about to psych myself out. I'm gonna say it's not great. Do it. Do it. Hurry. Just don't think about it. Um. You want to take that jar home with you? I mean, it's really not that bad. It's not bad? Ooh, it's soggy. I mean, when you think about uh, eating a pig's foot, your expectations are pretty low, so. I can tell by Cody's face. She's She lo- she really likes it. Oh, yeah. no. That's disgusting. <laughs> How could you say that's not bad? Because that's I nasty. had to get you to eat it. No. It's not worth a damn. No, that's <laughs> awful. If anybody. Ooh. Is interested in it. I I found it at Walmart, but I had to go to the, uh, I think it was the ethnic section of the, <laughs> I might be using the wrong word, maybe not ethnic, <laughs> international or something like that. <laughs> okay. That's texture is terrible. Texture, flavor, looks, I mean. The texture, like the flavor, I don't mind vinegar and stuff like that at all. Why'd you get, why'd you get one that's red? That doesn't help. They were all red. I mean, they only had one brand. They didn't have a bunch of different oh, brands. They didn't pick have from. a variety, like a spicy. Big John's. Sweet and sour. Mm, that's awful. Yeah, it's not good. Guys, we can't talk too bad about it. Big John is our newest sponsor. That's why we're doing this challenge. Uh-oh. No, it's not. <laughs> well, try Big John's Pig Feet. They're great. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> but no. You uh, the rest of that. We. I mean, one of the bi- not the only reason, but one of the big reasons we wanted to have Cody on was uh, to give us like the female's perspective of hog hunting. Like I, I've, I know quite a few women that hog hunt. For the, I on one hand I could count the number of women that it's their thing, not their husband's thing or their boyfriend's thing that they also do. Uh, so you, I mean, you're in a pretty small category of women who hog hunt and you know it's their thing not mm-hmm. like i say not like a tag along type right, thing. Right. so so what do you think what are some of the challenges that a female faces hog hunting that 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 guys wouldn't like how's it different for you than it is for us mm, like strength i would say strength would be a, a big thing because you know Whereas a guy can go in there and he can manhandle a hog and I have to go in there and assess the situation and look at the surroundings and see what dogs are where and see the size of the hog and the ferocity of the hog. Like, can I handle this hog a certain way or do I have to handle him more like with caution and put myself in the right position? Because if I get cut down, we're not coming out of there, you know, especially if I'm by myself or with kids or something like that. And you hunt mostly by yourself? I hunt a lot by myself, and I hunt a lot with kids, which is kind of like hunting by yourself with a handicap. Yeah. Do you hunt with bulldogs mainly, or do you, I mean, I've, I think I've seen a video of you shooting one of the rifle. Um, I hunted with bulldogs mainly for like six years, and then I kind of picked up the hounds. And yeah. I've been, I, this, this will be my 11th year now. Yeah. So, I, uh, 
I don't know. I, I love both. I loved the run and catch dog bulldogs and I love the hounds. Yeah. It's a big difference because you went from silent catching machines to open bays and yeah. all, you know, everything. And my opinion, like with your with your running catch dogs, um, are you in more of a panic to get to them? Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, that's what I've always like we went to your dog last night and mine were down in that cane thick. I wasn't worried about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's always a chance one of them can get in them in a jam, but I wasn't worried about them. Mm-hmm. You know, only worry about only worry I have when my dogs are hunting is if somebody else comes along <coughs> and jacks with them. I'm not right. worried about anything mm-hmm. in the woods if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But with the running catch dogs, if they got like last night a mile from us and then they're caught. Mm-hmm. Then you're in a pickle, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. And uh, that's what I've always, like your terrain matters a lot, I think, mm-hmm. with those, mm-hmm. that you can get around and get to them and stuff. Yeah. Very rarely did I allow my run and catch dogs to get a mile from me. Yeah. There was times where like a race would happen. Yeah. But I would very rarely let that get that far. And I would I would assess my situation, terrain, and the direction they were going. And either I knew I could run there or I could run faster back to the four-wheeler and drive around. Yeah. Um, and that aspect of hurry up and get there has bled off into my hounds. Yeah. Like, I want to get there, and I want to take care of the situation. Because sometimes my dogs can be bayed, and, it, and like, it's just fine. And yeah. then sometimes there's just, they're in, like, a thicket or something, and they stay bayed too long, and they get cut up, and then I get there late, and the dog's worn out and cut mm-hmm. up, and I don't have another dog to help them. or. Yep. And the hog may not be there if the dog gets cut down too bad. But I always want to hurry up and get there. Yeah, and that and that's that's another thing. Like, and like last night, I was talking about terrain when we first got started. If you know it good enough, like we drove around, we got four hundred from a flat ground. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. the time, if we got four hundred, park the truck, get to them. That walk is way shorter. Than them heels, you know, like mm-hmm. we figured out last night. Mm-hmm. And then if something is happened, one of us can go get the truck and get pretty close. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to it and strategizing and and just kind of knowing where you're at. So. Right. And it's nice, like, knowing the majority of the landowners yeah. around there that give you permission or we've got permission to get off the place we started on and get on to somebody else to get closer. Yeah, but, and that's just, that's just homework like anything else, you mm-hmm. know, so. But those dogs were bayed last night for how long do you think? It was a while. Close to two hours. I mean, it's probably south. It was well over an hour. It's well over an hour, but probably not quite two hours. If if your your hounds that you have now, wh- where do they? Where did you? Where do they come from when you first started? Mm, well, the big iron, the the white one that we rigged, he. Uh, I owned his mother and uncle, and they were the first towns that I started with, and they've been dead like a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of started from there. So I think it was like year seven that I've been in hog hunting that I got my first hounds that I really started dedicating to. And I got them at a year and a half, and they'd been started on tame hogs, and that was quite the change for them. They had always beat up on tame hogs and like thought they were just bad dogs and then when I started showing them real hogs in the woods I kind of had to build their confidence up they got really 
I guess, whooped yeah. by them. And they would, like, come out of the bay. They would only bay for a couple minutes and come out. And I would, since I had been in shape for the running catch dogs, I would follow these hounds on foot. And which was, I learned over time that was a horrible idea because I could never keep up with a hound like I could a bulldog and stuff. But I would get there and they'd see me coming and eventually they would know that I'm coming and they'd got more confident and confident and then they would stay bayed forever. And um, I really enjoyed learning that side of the world because I'd never known anything of it. And I just kind of learned with those two hounds and went from there and... uh, like Big Iron has is better than they were at their age, yeah. and it's just because I knew what I was doing when I got him when he was born, and I raised him up and stuff. Yeah, you just learn. I mean, learn as you go. Yeah, we do that every day. Even with my old dogs, you're still learning all the time. Yeah, they are too. Mm-hmm. What a what background do the to your those original hounds come from? I mean, are were they? They come from coon hunting, or they they, from- they were bred from a coon hunter, and that coon hunter sold them to a bear bear dog guy, and that bear dog man didn't like that when they got hit by a bear, like swatting at them, that they would back up and bay. He was like, I wanted them to get in there with the rest of the dogs and just mangle it, and I'm like, well, that's dangerous, extremely yeah. <laughs> dangerous. I I think it's great that they back up, but yeah. he didn't like it. Didn't like that they would back up. And, um, so he sold them to some hog hunters in Florida and I, I think that guy had him like a month and sold them to some guys in Arkansas and they had it for three months and they, <laughs> they sent me a video of it and it was, uh, I was like, man, that, that area, I know that area. And I look and I see more videos and it's the tame f- farmer, tame hog farmer directly across the highway from them. His hogs get out all the time. And that's all they were catching was his hogs. Because, like, you can look at a video and a picture and be like, that's not a wild hog. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, God, these dogs are started on tame hogs. But, so those dogs have been jockeyed around quite a bit before yeah. you got them. Yeah. I mean, usually that's a... I think so. They had some miles back and forth before they... Yeah, they, they were in Tennessee, like in Nashville, and then they were another part of Tennessee, then Florida, and then Arkansas. Nice. <laughs> and I got them at a year and a half. I was just like, well, I'm just going to have to start from ground zero, basically, because they don't have a clue what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, the Your big iron dog, the one that struck mm. first, he was bayed by himself for quite a while. And then after we kind of re, we regrouped, met up with Tanner and, the, and Cody Jenkins in the bottom, and then we got back up to the trucks and kind of we're trying, like I say, trying to regroup. But uh, you turned your two younger dogs, mm-hmm. the Robin Hood and Spider. Yeah, but Robin Hood actually got got to the bay, got in on that bay, and then a dog of mine that had been on the ground got in there. It was stinky. It just, was it just those three? Yeah, stinky Robin Hood and Big. So we didn't get to see too much out of your two younger dogs, but uh, Big Iron looks to be a pretty good hound. Uh, I I sure hope he can make it longer than his mom and uncle they they made it to four and they just it was kind of funny they went from one extreme to the next they were not afraid of a hog at all um the mom i i thought his mom would die first because she was so tough she just wouldn't she just bayed too close and just would take a lick and just keep on going but it was actually chow and he got 
he got, he was a lot better about baying back, but the hog got him when he was running away from him and pulled his stomach out through his flank. And that's how he went. And then <laughs> I gave birth to Luna, and I think it was like the third week after I gave birth, I went hog hunting. Three weeks after having yeah. a baby? Yeah, and I and I went, and she died that night. It was so sad. How, he, how uh, up until one point of your pregnancy did you hog hunt i hunted two days before i gave birth to luna <laughs> that's pretty game yeah that's pretty good. It, it was it was definitely tough handling dogs by myself while that big and pregnant um and it like so I'd you walk, were by yourself at two a days, lot i've I hunted, two days before yeah the two babies before i hog hunted in the black river bottoms by myself and killed a hog and had a good time you know i was like yeah <laughs> That'd be a good story, though, like your water breaks and your dogs are 800 bait. <laughs> Got to go to them. Yeah. Got to go to them, give birth to the baby at the same time. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah that'd be pretty good. Yeah, but... Uh, Shay might have to try that on our next one. There you go. Yeah. Mm. There you go. But Big John took quite a... He took some abuse last night. Oh, Big Iron for sure. He's uh, he's in the kennel right now in a doghouse, and he's... <laughs> he's ready to go home. Nothing. I mean, nothing life-threatening, but... No. He looks like uh, he did a few rounds in a blender. <laughs> I'd say he's over that, like, timidness on pigs. Oh, well, he, he's never been real timid, but he, oh, he, he definitely. He wasn't one of the ones you start that was started on Tame Hogs? No, no, that was his mother. Okay. Yeah. His mother and uncle. No, I raised him out of his mom. But, no, he's he's definitely, like I, like I told you earlier today, if it's in a thicket, he wants to see it because he won't base scent. He wants to look at that hog, and that compromises his safety a lot because he'll get in the thicket with him so he can look at him. He won't try to catch him, but then he can't get out of the way because he's in the thicket looking at the hog, and mm-hmm. that just that'll get him. You know what app I use on my phone more than any other app besides the podcast app to listen to this here podcast? I use Onyx. Onyx Maps is the most comprehensive mapping system for hunters on the market today. I use it all the time. When I was in New Mexico, I was looking at 40,000 acres of ranch that I needed to learn. I flip open Onyx and just start studying, studying the map. When I'm riding trails, I put the tracking app on. It helps me get around in strange country. I could mark water sources, food sources, bear sign, just all kinds of options within Onyx. You need to check out Onyx Maps by going to houndsmanxp.com. Click on the link on our sponsor page. You'll go right to Onyx Maps, and when you check out, enter the code HXP20, and you will get 20% off of your order. Know where you stand with Onyx. We were talking earlier before we started this. Uh, me and Cody were about... Uh, I was asking her, you know, if she, if she hunts mostly by herself. Or no, I knew she hunted mostly by herself, but I was asking if it was if it was just a choice or uh, if there wasn't hog hunters around her that she really clicked with or whatever. And we were talking a little bit about, like, some of the challenges that you as a female find hunting with male hog hunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that just so that i mean maybe guys who are 
gonna go hog hunting with a lady kind of can think about how to kind of think about how they're acting and yeah how it's making well men tend to get really competitive with each other but it seems to be really intense with a woman like my dog's better than hers she doesn't know what she's doing she's riding a coattail or she's doing this or that and that I'm not intimidated by that behavior but I find it really annoying and I don't want to be around men or women, but it seems to be a really, really big thing with men because there's more men in it yeah. that they just really get bowed up about outdoing the woman or acting like, you know, he's got to take care of her and here, let me do this. You don't need to do that. Let me lift this. And I like at the same time, I appreciate it because it is nice to have extra manpower to do all that, but you can do too much and take away from like... I've been doing this long enough. I I know how to pick up a dog. I know how to handle the hog. You don't want to just observe a hunt. Right. And that's not what, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to observe. I'm, if I just come to observe, then, you know, whatever. But usually I don't really come without a dog, either a catch dog or a hound or something. But I think, you know, and, and sometimes men just, they get really bent out of shape if, they're not the limelight. And if the woman takes away from it, they'll be like, well, she's just a, a sleuzy or this or that. And I'm just like, I'm pretty sure that's not the situation. You just have problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, first thing I noticed is for the past however many years we've been friends on Facebook, I've seen all these streamlined, good-looking bulldogs that could run down anything, you know. Then she comes here and she's a bo- box full of hounds. Didn't, bring no, <laughs> didn't even bring a catch dog. I was like, what <laughs> in the world? <laughs> yeah been talking to ed too much oh no (laughs) no i i when i got those two hounds and i was just like man this is i loved listening to them you know talking on track and i loved that their nose was so huge and then like as those dogs got older i was like they have really big hearts kind of like bulldogs i'm like this is just a little bit different of a version of the bulldog and I had gotten really low on my run and catch logs, like the bloodline that I had started with, like getting killed or like not enough puppies making it out of a litter, like you did, you know, they just didn't make the cut. And I was down to like, I think four run and catch dogs. And I was like, you know what, I'll just try the hounds for a little bit. And I kind of went from there and I dwindled away from that, the, that bloodline of run and catch dogs because those dogs were really good at finding hogs and catching them. But they didn't actually make the best lead-in catch dogs. It was kind of weird. Like, half of them could, but the other half couldn't. And that's because I, when I did running catch dogs, I didn't mind a leg catcher. But when it comes to a lead-in catch dog, I would much rather have an two ear dogs or a jaw or an mm-hmm. ear or something like that. But when it did the running catch dogs, it was handy for if the hog ran so far that one dog was caught on the leg and keeping that dog laying down and anchored when the other dog's on the head. So when I get there, I just step over its back and dispatch it. Mm-hmm. But when it came to the leading catch dogs, I really wanted them both on the ear. And yeah. I got away from the bloodline that like, and it, it really was genetic because there was, I had a liver litter of seven and they all made catch dogs, but like only one would not that only one would catch on the ear and they all the rest and then like the next generation did the same thing next generation i had three generations of those dogs that were all leg dogs mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. 
And like very rarely would I get one that would held onto the head. But I didn't mind when I did that. I have a big brindle bulldog that he's just I don't even know what all what all he is. We call him Sam Squinch, but Sam Squinch. <laughs> he's just a big old brindle dog, but he has a bite and I got him give to me. But he found his place on the nose. Oh, on, on the, the snout and like has caught some toads by the snout. Well, like, he he was. I mean, he started out as an ear dog. Yeah, he started out, and he just and I, you know, he pulled him off, put him back on the ear, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that, trying to mm-hmm. get him to focus on the ear. He wasn't having it. But yeah. I swear, you can ask Ed. There's several occasions that like would be in a terrible spot, and he would end up getting caught in the nose, and like he would keep that pig from swinging its head because mm-hmm. he was big enough to anchor, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. He and was had a that, big dog. And had that bite to hang on. And uh, he's old now. I don't I don't hardly take him. But he, uh, it's when they find their place like that, people don't understand. Like, that's, I don't know, it's just, <coughs> you can't really move them, you know, very often yeah. when they find their spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I still think that a dog can hand, or a dog can hand log best on the snout. Yeah. It's not my favorite. And the downside is, you know. If you're killing everything, it's not a big deal. But yeah, he'd break a lot of snouts. He was big enough that he broke most snouts that that he latched onto. But it and it was also kind of sketchy. Like I remember, do you remember when Pat was down and up on the side of that hill? Yeah, Seth. Uh, yeah. Seth was with us, and that was a toothy boar hog. And when we got in there, Sam Squinch was on the <laughs> snout, and there was a cutter that was just like I mean, it was aimed straight at him. You know, but he never really got cut when he got, I mean, everybody thinks of it as a dangerous place for a dog to catch, but, and it probably can be, but I don't think, I can't ever remember him getting any real serious injuries. No, nothing crazy. I mean, he, uh, he wasn't the best by no means at all. Like, but he was tough. Like, Mm -hmm. he's just like a tough, like you hear about tough people growing up. Like he was just a tough old dog. Yeah. Well, he got his back broke. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh, is that that one hog you just tell me about? Yeah, I killed my bulldog. Yeah, it was out in the middle of a hayfield, like six, seven foot tall Johnson grass. Mm-hmm. It looked like a crop circle when we was done. Oh, I'm gosh. sure they didn't like that yeah. when they bailed the hay, but they uh, there was no trees, no nothing to tie back to, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just he was a he was just a big old bad boar hog, and we got him caught, but he wasn't it wasn't the best of times. <laughs> I would rather Domino Sal's <laughs> yeah. than I would mess with the boar hog. I was so. telling Cody that, you know, that night uh, it was just an all-around mess. But when we got in there and got it legged, Seth Cobb's Jag Terrier, because we, we, we would always turn <laughs> his his Jag Bruno, which is a super cool Jag, but we would turn him loose with the Bulldogs yeah. a little bit after the Bulldogs just to kind of give him something to do. And, I mean, he's game. You know, he's not going to hold a big boar hog, but so when we legged this hog. Yeah, I, I was on top of him holding him, remember? And, uh, Bruno's head was in the hog's mouth and the hog bit down. And I, to this day, swear I heard skull crushing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it was just, I used crunching a pop bottle. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just, and I was like, he's dead. That's why I told, I told Seth, I was like, he's, he's like, I look in the pig, like, the collar is at the t- pig's nose. Like that's how deep his head was in his mouth. I was like, and I, he didn't get no. Never made a 
sound, never took a bad step. And he, <laughs> and he was fine. He's yeah. still alive today. And that shows you how much brain some jacks have. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> no, no. they. But it was, I thought, no, he, he's gone, but never even flinched. Yeah. Really. Well, what I told Ed the other, uh, well, either this morning or last night, that if I were to get out of the hounds or anything like that, I would immediately go back to the bulldogs and would do you? running cat. Absolutely. I loved it. Um, now, the country that I hunt now, I would, since I know, like, when I find a new spot to hunt and I get to know the terrain, you know, you just go where the hogs will be. You know, you like try to work the wind, like... If they're going to be down in a holler, you want the wind coming from there and you kind of ride that edge to find them. But when I was doing running catch dogs, I walked and walked or rode the four wheeler. And I just like before I got those hounds, I already knew where the hogs were. So when I trained the hounds and then when I got the hounds and I went to new country that was mountains and big, big lots of walking that I didn't want to walk. And they did all the walking for me and found hogs. I would still go back to the Bulldogs, but I probably wouldn't take them to mountains. Yeah. Like, if they got caught 800 yards in a holler or straight up, I don't think I can make it there. Yeah. Even though I can walk fast and I'm in good shape, I still don't think I could do it. So I would, like, forfeit some of my really nice hunting spots, even though I love the running catch dogs and I believe in them. I would just, it would just basically be, like, sacrificing them yeah. to my spots. Yeah, it's all about, you know, last night when we were walking into uh, Big Iron and I, I had my honky catch dog and you were asking me, like, like how far do you guys uh-huh. usually Send turn them. loose? And it's like, like I was telling you, like, there's really not a, there's not a set, there's not a set number. Yeah. It's not 50 yards or 100 yards or 150 yards. It depends on, I mean, if we're out in the middle of a hay field and we know as soon as we turn him loose... We can take off running and be be right there. Just a you know, few seconds behind him. Then shoot, you could turn loose from three hundred if you wanted. But <laughs> yeah. Where we're you know, but if you're in, you know, blow over trees on the side of a mountain, need we to tip, be close. We typically get really close. Yeah, that's last night when I was you was walking up. You had your Garmin beside me, and that's why I said let's let's try to get within. I think I said eighty, seventy five, yep. seventy yards, and. Yep. That's just because I knew we was where, yeah. you know, those trees were just twisted up and brush mm-hmm. piles everywhere. And we had the wind right. I wasn't worried about the wind or nothing, but I didn't want to get up there 20 yards from either because those pigs have been hunted so much, you know, from everybody else. They know what, when they hear leads clanking on the trucks and the bulldogs come to the brush, they know what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Do you think, like, run, like you've run, run and catch dogs straight and then you you know, now doing like uh, bay dogs with leading catch dog. The, th- I mean, I've never run running catch straight running catch dogs, and I've really never done it. But just from like my understanding, the reason why I don't tend to gravitate towards it is because I picture it as more of like a high paced kind of frantic style of hunting is. Does that kind of fit, you know, your model or how would you describe it? I would, I would say it's about like that. Uh, And the only, I'm the only one that I've ever hunted with that did straight bulldogs. I'm the only one that I know of 
and been around. Like I've heard of people say, oh yeah, like so-and-so hunted with a couple bulldogs, you know, they'd take them out and stuff like that. But I raised and bred and hunted just bulldogs. And, um, but like, remember we've talked about Ashley before, mm-hmm. Bredet- Bredetsky, however you say your last name. However you say it. And she's basically the same thing, like frantic. We've got to get there. It's caught like so many, like she did what I did. She would stay as close as she could, pay attention to when the dogs get birdie. And if they take off, you take off or you calculate if you have to drive around and that's faster. Yeah. And she's just hunting with the dogos. dogos, Yeah. Yeah, Just the dogos. But it, it was, it's basically the same thing. Like frantically get there hurry up kill it or catch it or whatever you're going to do so the dogs don't get cut down because it's kind of like kind of like staying caught or riding a bull for eight seconds lots can happen in eight seconds or lots can happen in five ten minutes i mean i've had a dog caught for 30 minutes and when i got there both that bulldog and that hog were just wallering each other and he was his mouth was slacked open and the hog was so pissed off he wouldn't leave the dog and the dog was so driven to stay with him. They wouldn't leave each other, but it was like I grabbed the hog and he wasn't even caught. The dog was just leaning on him and just, just exhausted. Yeah. And I that's something I don't like doing. I, I, no. I That's very rarely did it ever happen that I'd have a run and catch dog caught that long. What what was your catch percentages from your run and catch dogs what, but before... You answered that. We kind of just went over like it's two totally different styles of hunting, uh-huh. different terrain, different ways you go about it. But what do you like? For say, you go hunt with your hounds, and then when you go, when you hunt with your bulldogs, what do you think your catch rates were? Um, I would say I catch more with the hounds, but their nose power is what exactly did yeah. it. Yeah, like they could just. They smell a track X amount of hours old, or mm-hmm. they could work work the track faster, or just just the nose power alone, I would trump the bulldogs for sure. Yeah. Um, less races, yeah. far less races, like maybe three four hundred yards and yeah. stopped and caught, like yeah. with the, with the hounds and like I was telling Ed, I was like, this is a wonderful night. This is amazing. Like. <laughs> You know, Big Iron wins and is baited 800 yards. Never, yeah. never does that happen at home. Really? Ever. I like, I've had 21 miles running hogs and yeah. stuff. I, it's just n- different for sure. But I do, I don't know. I, I really enjoy the hounds and doing the bay dog stuff. But shorter races, but <clears throat> less hogs in the fact that they just didn't have the nose to find it or yeah. figure it out. And like some bulldogs... I had Cloud and Red. They could work a track really, really well. Whereas Angmar and her mother Jessie were winding machines, yeah. but they couldn't work a track that good. So you would have some dogs that could smell. I knew Red could smell about forty-five minutes, and that was it. But if I knew my terrain and how the hogs went, I would push in the direction that hog might have gone. And he would warm it up and then get it done. Whereas a hound, you could put them on like few hour old track and they'll warm it up on their own. Whereas I kind of had to help the bulldogs warm, learn how to warm stuff up. And yeah. some bulldogs were just intelligent and they, they could learn that if I keep pushing this track, I will find that hog. Yeah. Whereas some bulldogs are like, can't smell it. Yeah. 
Can't so. smell it. Can't see it. Can't smell. It. Yeah, pretty much. Well, last night, last night for most of the night, we had a like a light drizzle, uh-huh. like hardly enough to even you know get you wet if you're out walking, but it was noticeable. And we had a good wind for the first time, and I don't know when. It was a good wind. And I mean, last night was really good. The, the wind could have been a little softer to make better track conditions, but last night everything was but it's good. But yeah, so after we picked up. Uh, your Robin Hood dog, when we was heading out, we were going to circle around to go to the bay. Oh, uh, we picked up Spider. Was it, that's right, Spider. The black dog. Yeah, that's right. And that's when Cody was like, uh, man, tonight is great. I was, like, <laughs> I was, I was so like, excited. I was like, this is a total cluster. Like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, oh, we haven't hardly went, we haven't hardly done any walking. I'm like, this is more walking than I've done in like <laughs> two months. Yeah. Yeah. If you hunt with me, you'll figure out. I'll get us within 400 yards of that pickup most of the time. That's yeah. what I was telling. But Cody. I mean that that hauler is <laughs> is rough. I mean, there's not much hope getting close to that. But anywhere else, I can usually maneuver. Well, I mean, enough. even when Big Iron was first bayed, when when we took off to go to him, we come from the top side going down, but. I couldn't remember where that road was that came in at the bottom. But if we'd have come in there, we could have drove. I mean, we'd had to relatively st- close. Yeah. We'd had to stop driving. Could we get any closer than 500 that we already were? Probably about the same, but you wouldn't have to go up or down. Probably. Oh yeah, just straight yeah. down to the truck. Yeah. yeah. But so you think like if when you're running, running catch dogs, you're doing you're covering a lot more ground on foot. Yeah. Yeah. So and then when you switch to hounds, it's like. The like, hound eh. covers more of the ground. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just like, mm, I'll just drive around. Yeah. It's the lazy way, in my opinion. I I don't care one bit to walk. Like, if if it needs to be walked, ran, I don't care at all. If I'm chasing hounds, I usually try to use, like, my head to go around in my areas. Like, if I know the area. But if... I don't know, 500 yards, 600, 800 yards isn't far for me to walk to a bay. So, I tr- like, if I don't know the area, I'll just go ahead and be like, man, I'll just walk. I'll go in there and, and get it done, get the hog caught, and get out of there. Especially if I'm not, you know, if, like, they come off my landowners and stuff and bait on somewhere I shouldn't be. I'm like, what's a mile? I don't care. I'll walk in there, catch it, and be, go back home. And if I if it's at night... The only way they know I'm out there is if they hear them dogs barking. Yeah. And maybe if they see a light, but most of the time people aren't out in the dark. Yeah. I think we've all done that. Five <laughs> or ten, well, you got to go get your dogs. Exactly. You can't just like leave them. Yeah. Exactly. They they ran it, so you might as well go too if yeah. you have to, you know. But well, that's one of the things that's like so, that I find like so interesting about hog hunting. It's like how people do it so totally different. Yeah. Like, Taryn and I hunt like a really laid back, relaxed style, like uh-huh. cast dogs, sit around, wait for them to bay. Once they're bayed, stare at maps, try to figure out an easy way to get there. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's really relaxed. Yeah. Like we don't, we hardly ever get like in, you know, like panic mode mm-hmm. and, and, you know, going from running catch dogs to there's people hunting straight sight hounds, yeah. hounds, curs, people baying shoot, baying stab, yeah. baying call dogs off. 
I've it, never done that. That's that's something that I always thought was really interesting that people could do. I've never done that. We, on our bear hunt, we went on with Chris. He, uh, the last tree, which he done it a couple times, but the last tree was pretty impressive. They, they had a sow and a cub tree, and uh, it was in the daylight. Obviously, and I mean the, the hound should see her. I mean, like, I mean it's just it was open enough in the timber weeds, and you could see the bear plain as day, and. We all sit there and got our pictures and watched the hounds tree for a little bit. And then he said, all right, let's go. You know, we're done. Well, they all go right behind him, you know. And my cur dogs, that would never happen no. in a million yeah. years. No, I mean, and it was a pretty – that was one of the toughest walks we did that whole week. And we they, they treed down in the bottom. So we were having to climb up, out. And I just kept thinking – I kept looking back because I was like, at some point, these dogs are going to go back there and tree on that bear. Yeah. And we're going to have to turn around and go, go back, back down. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, with hogs, we do that yeah. all the time. Like, we got to snap, you know, most of the time we got to snap them and lead them out. But that was pretty impressive. Yeah. They, but me and him was talking about, you know, he's he's handled those dogs a lot. You know, they go a lot of places with him, you know, that, that comes with it. Um. But at the same time, my my cur dogs like Ed cusses them because they'll <laughs> they'll twist your hand with a collar. I mean, they're wanting to yeah. go, and mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to take that away from them either. I want them to I want that to be their time. Like that's what they look forward to. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so I've always been. I don't I, know. I think it helps a lot that they go up a tree. Like you can yeah. handle that situation a lot yeah. better than like if the bear's on the ground. Do they call bears, dogs off bears on the ground? And then, like, is it easy? Probably not very often. So, I think it would be great if, you know, pigs maybe were to do that, and then I could call my dogs off. <laughs> it's kind of one of those deals, like, I mean, of course it shows, like, you know, like Tanner said, a lot of time spent with those dogs and training and, and good handle on them. But then the other part of my brain is, like, do I want a dog that that I could call off of a pig? You know, yeah. or, or, you know, or do I want a dog that's just so hog crazy that doesn't yeah. matter what I do, that's what he's going to do. I definitely wouldn't want that for myself. And that's like what I told you earlier, that I will not tone a dog off a track, but I'll just catch them at a road or I'll run them down like through the woods and try to stop them because I don't ever want them to hear a vehicle and stop running that track or hear, yeah. hear a person and stop running that track. Push that track until I lay my hands on you and make you physically stop. The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm going to run through them real quick. You've got the Rogaroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Rogaroo on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night, to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it. 
and that light is the micro gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajun's top-rated customer service. Check out Cajun Lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com. Go to our sponsors page. Hit that link. It'll take you right to Cajun Lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights. So when you when you go to start your bay dogs and your hounds that you're hunting now, mm-hmm. what what is your first step with them? Uh, with the pups? Yeah. Like I just... Their first interaction with a, with a pig, I guess I should say. Um, well, I just kind of show them at like four months old to see, like, see them on the other side of the fence and they watch the hog run. And if they show interest, I'll show them again later. If, and I say later, like maybe two weeks later. And then if they don't show any interest, I'll give them like a month. And then I'll just kind of, kind of warm them up to that aspect. And basically as soon as they really just start barking at them, I'll maybe like let them bark at a pig once a month. And just, like, build their excitement to do that. And then I'll take them to the woods at eight months old and just let them follow behind the four-wheeler. Or if I'm walking, whatever way I decide to hunt, go with the big dogs. And most of the time, you know, they have no idea what's going on. And they're, like, get lost or not follow the four-wheeler. Or, like, they follow the big dog out and then they just sit down out in the woods and it's kind of aggravating. But... When they start seeing the hogs at the bay and they start putting all that together, then they try to run races and it's sometimes that's really exciting and sometimes it really sucks because then they'll just lay down and give up and howl and <laughs> I have to go get them no matter where they're at because then they're like, oh, there's a Sasquatch out here hooping and hollering. I don't know what that is, you know. Yeah. I don't hoop and holler at the house, so they they don't know that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to call them to me. Yeah. I think that's one of the most rewarding things for me, though, is, like, having a young dog that just kind of runs around the yard, and then, you know, he's part of the part of the pack at home, you know, but he don't really know what his purpose is, uh-huh. and then he sees it, and he's like, hmm, like, oh. <laughs> like a totally different, I guess, vibe, you could say, like, they act completely different. Yeah. Like, Ed's, me and Cody was talking about last night, Ed's little dog that bathed with yours, I mean, he, he done good, like, he went... He went to the bay and was helped that dog get that pig stopped, and he stayed bay the whole time. Leading him out, I was watching <laughs> like you could. He acted totally different. More relaxed. More relaxed, like matured him a little bit. Yeah, and it, it felt accomplished. And uh, I don't know. It's just that's probably the most rewarding thing for me. Like we could catch pigs all the time. And I'm fine with that, but I don't know. He's like, I like to see stuff like that. If that makes sense. Yeah, my favorite time is when they're, like, 10 months old, they've been to the woods, like, 10, 15 times, and they've, like, started putting all that together and running the races from 10 months old to about a year and a half. And then at a year and a half, it's like they hit that teenage stage, and they're like, I don't remember anything. I don't know what a dog bark is. I don't know what a pig is. And then they just go through this really weird stage, and then about, like, two, two and a half, they come back to themselves, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so awful to go from really really good and then they fall off and then they come back and then from there they go up yeah. most of the time most of the time some of them i've had i've seen firsthand that they will burn it up as basically a pup uh-huh. and then they go to that i'm gonna go be goofy mm-hmm. and they never come back yeah. yeah i've had some of those too 
Yeah, there's been a lot of dogs shot during that like teenage phase that yeah. would have been good dogs. Yeah, that's something that I had to learn to overcome because like I didn't understand that, but you know, that's one thing that like I gravitate towards female dogs because mm-hmm. I I mean it's they still go through that like teenage kind of spell, but to me it seems like from the dogs I've had that females tend to keep like a upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. A little bit better. Like, uh, to me, male dogs are the worst about going through that, like, mm. teenage phase. Yeah. Yeah, I I favor females so much. And I just, I just, I don't like all that bowed up, acting silly, having to smell everybody and but all didn't, that stuff. Did, didn't, aren't the three dogs you brought males? Yeah, I, that's the thing. <laughs> like, I am very male poor. <laughs> it's awful. Um, but... I do prefer females for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, d- I don't, I try not to pick on them for their gender or the way they are, but I love female dogs yeah. far more. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think, I think that's just any aspect. I mean, I don't care if it's a working dog or a whatever it is. I mean, teenage boy. Yeah. That's cow dogs. I think them people are probably the same way. I mean, yeah. It just seems like they they focus in sooner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had some that I was male dogs I was completely happy with the way they started, but at the same time, I have four females that I run now. Yeah, in yeah. puppies. So yeah. Um, some sometimes it's like I don't know. They're more level headed, and like I've like for my bulldogs, it seems like they just the males get so amped up and excited, they kind of stop thinking and they don't pay attention. And like the females remain calm the whole time and be, they're just as equally pumped up, but they suppress it Yeah. for my bulldogs. I've noticed that. And then like for the hounds, dumb, <laughs> yeah. those male dogs are dumb. <laughs> God. And my hound females are just, polite and they blink their little eyes and they <laughs> they just handle so nice and i got this big retarded male dog we're just throwing his weight around and jerking me and i'm just like busting bro <laughs> yes and those females just all pretty and do the nice things i'm like why can't you be nice like that <laughs> that's what i've always laughed like my car dogs like you have a male dog you'll take him hunting he'll be like filthy when you get him back like he'll just be covered in mud, whatever you can get itself on. And, like, the females will be the same way. The next morning, you go feed. The females are, like, clean. Like, immaculate. <laughs> like, they, they stayed up all night cleaning themselves, seriously. Yeah. And the, the next, the, the male dog come out of his doghouse and, like, stretch and still be covered in mud and stuff. Yeah. was like, you're just like me. <laughs> and then, like, dogs in a kennel. Like, there's a, exceptions, of course. But, yeah. like, most most of my female dogs... One spot. They go to the bathroom in one spot at the back of the kennel, you know, and that's just, it's easy to clean out. You go to, especially a young male dog, you go to clean out his kennel, he's crapped everywhere. <laughs> it's on the walls. He's stepped in it. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? Just yeah. like yeah. running around crapping all day. Like, Yeah, yeah that, I've noticed that a lot. It'll be one spot and they'll keep everything really clean. But I don't know. It, I got an off dog so topic for you when you go hunting with your gun what is your caliber of choice it'd be 243 243 the youth model yeah it's 
you know, I don't want something that I have to just can and hold it. You know, yeah. I want something light and easy and short so I can duck through the brush and stuff like that. I love bay and shoot. That is so much fun for me. Really? Yeah, I absolutely love it. And um, I've not had very many gun-shy dogs. I mean, true gun-shy dogs. Like, and it's kind of interesting. I've had some dogs that uh, don't like fireworks, but you fire that rifle, and they're like, yeah, they love it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do use the 243, and then I usually always carry a pistol. And like I told Ed last night, I carry it mostly for men. I heard that. <laughs> I carry it for men. I'm not scared of a pig, but like if I'm out there by myself and a strange man approaches me, I will be ready. Well, I do you not. You were around last night with one of the strangest men. <laughs> <laughs> and I was County. ready. Yeah. I was ready the whole time. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take Ed Barnes down. Yeah, I, was, I was about to put my dogs in Ed's box and everything, and then Cody told me, I was like, well, we'll just drive ourselves. <laughs> and, uh, Don't want to um, ride with her. She'll yeah. kill you. Yeah, she, she's dangerous. Yeah. But no, he... That's what Cody told me. And I was like, hmm, good luck, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you hunt? Did you hunt with dogs growing up at all? Or nope. when did you when did you get into it? And how did it how did it come into your? Mm, well, my dad wasn't brought up in cowboy or anything like that, and so he just grew into a cowboy lifestyle. And then I kind of grew up seeing the cowboy stuff and he always used border collies and well i got my first uh pit bull it was just a came from the pound big tall beautiful lanky bulldog that i had to have and dad was like you know you might could use him to catch wild cattle and i was like oh cool i could do that that seems really interesting never knew much about bulldogs it was just like man it was when pit bulls really got popular and like the rise was insane. About when do you think that was? Hmm? About what time are you talking? Uh, I was like 19 or 20 and I'm 33 now. So about 2010. Mm, yeah. About that time I graduated in 09. So I got, uh, what was it? Gambit. I got Gambit and that was it for me. I was like, bulldogs are cool. I, <laughs> because I had always been around border collies and like, they were cool. And they, they were just like turds, you know, they were turd cool. They weren't like kill cool. <laughs> These dogs can kill stuff. And I loved it. I was like, yes. <laughs> so I started catching wild cattle with dad. And, um, at the time I worked for a, uh, cutting horse colt breaker. And his name was John Narr, and he had hog dogs. And he's like, if you like catching wild cows, you'll probably like hog cutting. And that was the beginning of my madness right there. Where where was he from? Where did you? He's from Romance, Arkansas. And uh, what was really funny is I found the pig. I was like, is that a hog over there? And he's like, <laughs> and he took his Catahoula dogs in over there too. <laughs> <laughs> and they baited it and we caught it and i was just like is this how it's supposed to go <laughs> like and he was like no you know but like as i continued on through the years learning everything i like i went red was my first actual hog dog and he could find and catch hogs like a son of a gun he'd outdo all kinds of cur dogs and it was just so much fun 
because I was like, yeah, I could, look at me, I got a cool dog, and I that that was like when I really started becoming interested in hunting and the, like the the hunting with dogs instead of like cattle dogs. So that's how that went. I think everyone's had a catch dog named Red. Oh, yeah. yeah, you've had two, three, three. three. <laughs> <laughs> Red one, two, and three, and yeah. then I've had Bub one, Bub two. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, and and then well, Sam Squanch, and there there for a Sam while Squinch. we had a trailer park boys themed catch dogs. Yeah, remember I had uh, Bubbles, Bubbles, oh, yeah. Bubbles oh. and Sam Squanch. <laughs> um, <laughs> John had Bubbles and Bubba, and that's he's like I do that so they kind of know I'm talking to both of them. Bubbles, Bubba. I'm like oh okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> His father and daughter bull bulldogs maybe they were so big, huge. Huge bulldogs. Yeah, they, they. I don't know if they didn't have something else in them. They just bone mass out the world. That's that's what I. I don't even know how to describe Sam Squinch. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what he all he has in him, but he's just. He's a got dog. some. He's got some mastiff in there. Yeah, he's not like super tall or nothing. He just he's built. He's I, not built like a bulldog. No, I seen him. He's pretty good size. He's, he's cool. the one in the back barking yeah, behind yeah. the black dog. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's getting old on me now. But he's he's not getting old because he hasn't done anything, though. I'll give him that. <laughs> How old is he now? I don't really know. He's probably five. No, he's older than that. Is he? Yeah, I was going to say five's not old. He's quite a bit older than that. He's probably eight. Really? Yeah. Is he that old? Has he got all his teeth still? Uh, he's missing a couple. You can still yeah. take him. Yeah. Take I mean, that can, old dog. He can still go. Like, I'll take him some, but yeah. he, because, uh, like, chick's ten now. Yeah, we and she still goes. We used and abused Sam Squanch. He was <laughs> he was the only one. I mean, really, he was that made it after all these years. Is that what you're saying? Or he was just the only one we had at the time. Oh, for a long time. For a yeah. long time, like now we turned two to two bulldogs. Yeah, but for the longest time we were just single. Yeah, just turned one. But when I did the running catch dogs, I had a lot of single catches. But you know, we don't do it as much anymore. But we used to consistently bay sounders of pigs 10 plus and that's kind of when we started we're like oh we'll send two bulldogs and catch more hogs stagger them you know send one and send the other one yeah. you know 30 40 seconds later it works sometimes but not often most of the time it did <laughs> always catch this pile on the small hog and yeah be two, two, do- yeah, two, two on the small hog. <laughs> yeah i hate that <laughs> Oh gosh, they always pick the smallest, dinkiest hog to catch out of like big hogs everywhere. Well, what we noticed, we, we've seen it multiple times. Like, we'll send dogs to a a sounder of pigs, and the bulldogs will catch something, you know, something on the smaller side, and all the pigs will scatter. The sows and the pigs just fly out of there, and all the bay dogs take out after them. And then all the bay dogs are gone, and then you hear something in the brush, and you look over, and there's the 320-pound boar hog standing there. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of know, like, don't run. You won't get chased. Yeah. And it, everybody wants to bay sounders till you start doing it all the time. Oh, I never want to bay sounders, ever. Like, I hate the scatter. Yeah, and especially, like, if you're hunting a competition, it's the worst. Yeah. To look at big hogs and then catch small hogs. Yeah. It yeah. just goes back to predator prey. I mean, they know they're going to be able to handle a 40-pound show. I mean, that's 
basically. I mean, not that they won't try a big boar hog, but if I mean, it's just like anything else, you know. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with like that chicken aspect too. A chicken running frantically, and that that franticness of yeah. that small pig, like a chicken, yeah. the dog's like focused on that instead yeah. of like that big hog just standing there calmly. They're like, oh, look at that little tiny pig running around like crazy. Got to catch that. <laughs> the Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. You got anything else for us to eat besides pig's feet? Oh, I think we should just finish that. No. I mean, we barely made a dent in that. Big Iron can have that for his reward. I wouldn't but even feed that to Big Iron. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. The texture is too much. I don't mind the texture. Mm. It's not how I remember it. Like, I remember <laughs> it, like, super. Like a sirloin. No, no. I'm, like, super, like, soft. Ooh, like that's even worse. put it in your mouth and just, like, push it up against the top of your mouth Ooh. with your tongue, and it would just, like disintegrate disgusting and you bought it again anybody now my one of my uncles used to butcher hogs in the fall and he well, maybe it's how he did it he would always pickle pig's feet and pig's tails oh what the only to do only thing to do with a pig's foot is put a hobble on it and that's <laughs> as far as i'm going from now on yeah. what the tail tastes like it's about like the foot gross i mean it's mostly cartilage you know gross yeah, but, but. the next podcast i have a deal found for us Probably the next 30 podcast. What is it? What is it? It's 30 different kinds of hot sauces. Oh, oh no. And they can just pick which one they want to try. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess you do those chip ones, like the devil chips. Try each one of the different kinds of chips. Uh, my brother-in-law took a tiny bit of the, of one of those chips. And he's from Kansas, so I would imagine Kansas isn't probably... Like spicy food, capital. known for their chilies. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it looked rather painful. We have a uh, there's a store down by where we're working. They have this sell the world's hottest gummy bear. <gasps> and Dustin, you know Dustin Ed, he yeah. tried it this week, and you have to chew it for so long, and then swallow oh, it, it, and then you have <sighs> to. I think it goes like five minutes without a drink. So, yeah, and it about got him down. Oh, How much no. was it? What it cost? Like eight bucks or something. Yeah, because yeah, those chips are ten dollars. Yeah. I'm like, this is like a marketing. This is pure genius. Like they're selling a chip for ten dollars. Yeah. See if you're tough enough, and you know, there's the men part right there yeah. coming out of you guys. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. It's for the guest. I'm not eating no chip like that. You deal with snakes a lot. You hunt summers, or just, oh yeah, yeah. I, I hunt summers. I'm, 
I don't know. Since remember when I was, we were talking about like the seed ticks, and I like abandon the hills and stuff. When I go to the bottoms, I see a lot of snakes. Oh yeah, a lot. Um, but what's really interesting in the bottoms, I don't see a lot of poisonous snakes, and I don't know if it's just like I'm not in the right place at the right time. Or what it is, but usually it's a bunch of black water snakes in these like shallow pools, and they're just having orgies. I guess I don't know yeah. what they're doing in yeah. there, but they're just all in in that. And I see a lot of them, and every now and then I'll see some poisonous snakes, but most of the time I see most of the poisonous ones in the hills, like rattlesnakes and moccasins. But I don't see a whole lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I don't see more snakes than I do. Where we were going down last night, the, the first time we dropped down, yeah, and it was like so rocky. It was a little bit. It's a little bit chilly for snakes right now. But uh-huh. I was thinking, like, boy, if this was summer, I would be watching every step through all them rocks. You guys got a lot of snakes. Uh, quite a few. I mean, not crazy at it, all. Yeah, it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. What other types of hunting do you do? I mean, like, what other? Not just hound hunting or dog hunting. You deer hunt or squirrel hunt? I mean, I I deer hunt um, mostly for the meat. Like, doe walks out, bam, I'm going to go home with that. You know, if a big buck walks out, I'll shoot him too. But most of the time, I just want to get my groceries and go home. Yeah. Um, I've never been squirrel hunting with a dog. I've walked on foot and stuff and shot them. Um, And that's fun, but... I've always wanted to go squirrel hunting and coon hunting with dogs. I never have. You never been coon hunting? Not with dogs. Really? I went. Um, I owned some land in Poughkeepsie, and from where I was at across the pasture, I could hear dogs treed, and I was like, oh, "I'm gonna go see what they got." I didn't know whose dogs they were, and I get there, and they got this little tiny kit treed, and I'm like, "Oh, my first coon hunt!" <laughs> so I go back to to the truck and I get my twenty two and I shoot it out for them, and it was this little tiny kit, and they were so happy, and I was like, "I don't know y'all's names, but thanks for that. That was cool." That was my first official coon hunt, and I, I've never done it. You well, know, it's cheap enough. You didn't have to feed any dogs. Yeah, you I know. To take water or nothing. You just show coon up. dogs show up. You shoot. Yeah, that was that was pretty neat, and I liked it. And I I would love to have a coon dog, but I, the whole time I'd be like, I should teach you to run hogs too. Me and Tanner go through these phases, <laughs> and like. I'll go through a phase where, like, I'm going to get a coon dog, and I'll go get a pup and, like, start on it. And then it always seems like a good idea, and then you're, like, you feel bad because you're, like, taken away from your hog hunting. Yeah. It, yeah, we don't we don't have enough time to run our yeah, hog, dogs. hog dogs as much, as much as we need to, let alone. Coon dogs, too. Yeah. Like, if someone gave me a coon dog that was, like, finished, I would do that for sure because yeah. I don't have to do any of the work. But I'm not going to pay for a coon dog that's finished because that's a lot of money. Same thing with squirrel dogs, too. Like, if someone gave me a squirrel dog, absolutely. On the days that I'm not hog hunting, I would like to go into the woods and do that. But I don't want to train one, go through the motions and stuff. Um, I would like to... I've been bear hunting with dogs. I went to North Carolina with some fellers, and that was really neat. I was pregnant and broken at the time, so that was... You know, they're that, but I still beat it, beat them to the tree. Like I got to the tree and I'm like, well, now what? I didn't have a gun because I wasn't the one shooting it, but I was like, oh, that's a bear. You know, I've never seen one. And Probably pretty rough country or was it mountains? Or? Mm, it was near the Smokies, but it was weird. 
I had got a dog from that guy that I went hunting with, and it was a plot, Walker Cross, and um, his, I was like, he's coming from the mountains, he'll be fine in my mountains. Not so much. It took him months for his feet to get tough. And because over there where I was at and where I seen where they hunted, it was straight up and down. But it was weird how much dirt was over the rock. Really? It was really odd. Like the, the rocks, you could see boulder here and there, but it was mostly just soft dirt over the terrain. Whereas Arkansas, it's like razor blades everywhere. Yeah, that's how, I mean, how it is here. That's how it is here. I noticed that. But um, it was tough, but it wasn't bad because the ground was soft. So like I... I went down a holler and then back up, and there was like this saddle in between two ridges, and they were bait in there, and it was kind of thick getting into there. It was it was different thick stuff, like it's weird looking plants and stuff, but it was really neat watching that. I'd never I've seen bears, and I I had I had a Catahoula hound cross one time. Uh, I was just experimenting to see if I liked him, and I'd buy him, but he run a bear by me. He had like these cur dogs that I was trying they were Catahoulas and some had hound and some were pure Catahoula and I was just trying to see if I could try the cur dog approach when I had the run and catch dogs and there were three of them standing next to me and this the chuck was off and I was just like he's running something go like if he's on a hog go with him and I just I got frustrated with him and eventually I noticed he was coming back and I was like cool I was in the mountains, and I was just waiting on him to come back. And over this knoll comes a bear. And I was like, eh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it run it from me to the door. He come by me just blowing and throwing snot. And I was just like, I had an AR-15, and I was just watching him just so he didn't try to get me. And all the dogs, like, huddled next to me. And then they seen Chuck come by, and they're like, oh, okay, we'll go with him. And then they ran the bear, and then they lost it in some big boulders. But that was, like, my first... You dog guys, you guys have quite a few bear up by you um i don't know how many there is i know there's a lot more in like mountain view Gyne area and Gyne is where i run that one and i seen a bear in mountain view cross in front of my dump truck one time but i don't know if there's like a bunch of them i know there's more towards oklahoma than there is away from oklahoma yeah on the border Oklahoma, yeah. Arkansas border, there's a pretty good population, I think. Well, Does Arkansas have a bear season? Yes, but not with dogs. You can't run them with Same dogs. Same thing here. We've got we've got a season. South I-40. South I-40, but you can't run dogs. But I think that's going to be changing, especially the south of I-40 thing. Yeah. Really? Like, I, I wonder how long it's going to take for Arkansas to do it because they, I don't know, they worship the bear like they worship deer and elk and all that other stuff that's over there. Well, I mean, I would imagine, like most things, whenever people, whenever deer hunters start jumping on the bandwagon that bear killing deer, oh. that's probably when you'll get your bear season. I see. Because everything's got to cater. Yeah, to the know. wealthy deer hunters. Yeah. All the. Do you guys like the aspect of women in hog hunting and like raising and training their own dogs, or do you guys think like maybe women? should just be wary of that since it's such a kind of a dangerous thing oh yeah i think they just need to stay out of it yeah. <laughs> you would you no, would say that no i'm just kidding 100%. my wife my wife you know i said she's some of the best help we've had i mean she went with us all the time i mean i feel sometimes i feel bad going just because i know how much she enjoys it 
and now that we have our baby, she don't get to go as much. Right. And uh, but you know when our daughter gets a little older, we'll all three be going. Yeah. You know if that makes sense. But yeah. No, not at all. I was completely joking. But right, right. They, uh, I think it's awesome. Do you, Do you want your daughter to mm-hmm. raise and train her own dogs? 100%, yeah. Yeah. And I try to. I try to take her outside and when I feed, when I put dogs up on it. I mean, yeah. I want her to enjoy it. I want her to be, enjoy being outside. Yeah. I think it would help. And like not not trying to take anything away from like where men are in society and stuff like that, but I think if more women were involved in like the nittier, grittier, harder stuff that men do, they they like everyone would have like a common ground and like understand each other. And a lot of bring, equal respect. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Like, he's out all night long, and he's me, me, me. And if you would just go and be a part of it, you would see why we're out there forever. Yeah. <laughs> and see why he's tired or, you know, stuff like that. I think if more girls were brought up that way, like Lizzie and Laura Beth, the g- little girls that I hawk hunt with and been going with since they were, like, 10, they, it has helped them to be tougher, sturdier girls for helping their father on the farm and to just, it has taught him a whole lot on just being life tougher. Just in general. Yeah. yeah. Just life in general and like handling animals or hunting or learning to use your uh, skills, sight, smell, taste, feel, all of it. Um, running through the woods, that teaches you a lot to not trip and fall over stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to to just like pay attention to your surroundings whereas like most girls are like mm, I don't know what's going on you yeah. know just hot messes out there and you're not any help at all whereas like if you were a help to your husband or boyfriend or just friends like guy friends you're you're much more I guess team worthy in that aspect to me if you can help and I think it would be great if more women or girls young girls were to try to do that well, guys, seriously, thank you for listening to us and ramble. But um, and thank you for coming on the podcast with us, hunting with us. Absolutely, thank you very much for having me. It's been quite fun. And uh, thank you for listening. I mean, if you have any ideas of people that we should talk to, send in. Let us know, and uh, we'll go from there. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.